Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Gully and Phil Blackman. How's it going, guys? Yo, what up, everybody? This is Phil, really good at jokes, Blackman. <laughs> Phil is very good at jokes. Hey, guys. I'm really excited to introduce our guest tonight. Um, Cyrus Corbin Gill is with us tonight. Cyrus, uh, come on and say hello. Hey, everyone. It's me, Cyrus, also known as uh, Cyrus CG, basically, everywhere. Not Cyru SCG. Oh, that's right. Now I see that. <laughs> Cyrus Corbin, Cyrus Corbin Gim, according to the Wizards of the Coast website. That was I did. Pretty... I did win a tournament. Well, I write in cursive, so when I won that tournament, I think they thought my uh, L's looked like an M. Do you find that you win more games on days that you write in cursive, or on days that you write in? <laughs> I find that if I use Wingdings, that that uh, font, I, I win the most with that one. So is is there any reason to not be playing wing to not be writing in wingdings in the current format? No reason. Comic Sans. EV. Comic Sans, I think, is the is the correct answer. Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> that's just smart to do that. So, outside the internet, I met Cyrus at a Channel Fireball 4K that we were both at that he won uh, in a very there was a lot of storm if I recall correctly. And Cyrus is known for playing storm, but you were the most stormy. Of all the uh, of all the of all the players, um, so at the, and and uh, we had been introduced, and I was uh, thinking we should have him on, and uh, here we are now, three months later, finally got it together. So thanks for coming on. Welcome to the show, man. Storm. Yeah, that was a yeah. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And hello to everyone. That was a very dark and stormy night for sure. Uh, General Fireball tends to be a lot of fair decks, and I, I turned one to a lot of people that day. It was a long tournament, so it was started at about 10 in the morning, and I started off 0-1. And uh, those things, if you have one loss, it's like that's all you can have to top eight. So I ended up rattling off uh, six in a row after that, the top eight. And then I was the only person that no-split the top eight, so I sat down and played for three more hours and uh, took down, took it down, which was pretty lucky. Um, because yeah. what, Phil? What about splitting? Yo, splitting is quitting. Thing is quitting. I think that's one of the first things I think you learn about playing Storm is that there's like basically two rules, which is you need to you need to foil out your deck and then you can never split any event ever. Right. Every Storm player I know follows that. Right. Well, well I mean the, the, the foiling part I like. I think that's going to be uh, based on deck to deck. You know, like some people who are playing uh, some decks might not foil it out, but splitting is quitting should just be adopted everywhere. I agree. I actually am I'm pretty against splits in general, and especially like even like draws into top eights and stuff. I think that stuff is really frustrating. I come from a yeah. competitive sports background. I was like a college athlete, and I just think like I don't know that that kind of stuff's stupid to me. Like you came to play, like the you don't want to play the draw stable. thing. Is is definitely one of Magic's uh, most controversial and and uh, in in my opinion annoying things that that happens at a tournament. E even when I'm on the receiving side of something like that, it just never feels great. But uh, as a guy who's like trying to like, oh, I just need one more win to get in top eight, and you just see like all the tables in front of you are gone because they're all eating lunch together. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I accept splits in the top eight, but uh, yeah. it, it always feels pretty bad. But you know, if you're there to win, 
Of yeah, course. we can uh, talk about Storm right now. I've been, let's see, I've been playing Storm for a little over a year. I started right before Top got banned, and I uh, played Test for a long time, not very well. And, um, yeah, do you, feel, and then, do you feel that Test or ANT is better positioned in the current meta? I think the meta fluctuates a lot. I think that a lot of it is a playstyle thing where um, Tess, you know, is about a half a turn faster and has some different matchups. So against, like, your kind of hate bear decks and lockpiece decks, Tess is going to have an edge where I think Ant does have a slight edge against the blue decks. And I think the argument for Tess is that um, you're already pretty good against the blue decks, so why not shore up your worst matchups? But uh, I think I prefer playing Ant as a playstyle thing. It plays more like a combo control deck. Uh, we are really trying to grind your opponent out with discard spells and pass in flames and win deterministically on like the last possible turn, where Tess is a little bit more of an aggro deck. So for me, I, I've played a lot of both, and I just enjoy playing Ant more. I just think Ant Mulligan's way better. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, Chromox is it can be a rough card. It's it's a really powerful card. You know, you're trading a card for you're playing two cards for mana, which is powerful, but uh, it feels bad if you ever have to Mulligan or get Thoughtseize or him to Tarakt or anything, or in top deck mode. So in this fair blue meta with all the you know, where you're basically playing against, do you feel like, well, I just basically just set up to play against, you know, counter spells and, you know, the odd three to four discard spells that I'll see. And I'm not, you're less worried about hate bears overall as that as an angle of attack. And so you can sort of build a deck that, that feeds into that a little bit. Like I see yeah. you have two pass and flames in your five Oh from uh, June 2nd, which was, yeah, I have a, I adopt, when I got back on ant from Tess, I adopted the two pass and flames, which was started by a couple of guys European uh, players playing two pass and flames, and it's become pretty stock. And the reason for that is that it's it's a really powerful spell against discard and counter magic, um, yep. especially game one when the only hate you're really be seeing is a death right shaman. You can power through it, so it's almost like if you've ever cast Mind's Desire, almost like that, where it's the engine and the payoff because it turns all the cantrips in your graveyard into um, payoff, right? But also it acts as a discard spell if you have enough mana because if you have a discard spell in your graveyard, they have to counter the pass and flames. And then you can just flash it back. So it lets you just play six discard spells, which is a little lower than I'd probably like to be playing. I think seven is, is really where Storm wants to be at. But with mm -hmm. the Pass in Flames, it acts as a discard spell. Well, the other thing is, if you've ever, like, if I remember the first time I resolved the Pass in Flames in Storm, I was like, whose dumb idea was this card? Like, yeah, it's, it's just Yawgmoth's will, and then <laughs> the game's over, right? With like, flashback. It's, it's pretty yeah. absurd. In the Storm community, we always kind of joke, like, ban Pass in Flames is one of the... It's an absurd magic card. I mean, it's the reason you're playing red. It's one of my yeah, three red cards in my 75. Right. Yeah. Or two of my three red cards. Um, yeah, so... Do you guys have any questions you wanted to ask about, you know, the current like current build he's playing and, and uh, the strategy that he's sort of going for here? Yeah, I mean, I was curious about uh, your thoughts on the, the debate on Probe. Because everybody thinks that Probe has the most heat on it. Uh, I agree with it. And I'm also playing the Probe-Cabal Therapy combo. Uh, but I'm playing it in a fair deck. But uh, if Probe goes, what's the how do how do builds look? Yeah, my uh, I don't want we don't want to get into much. I know into like the BNR discussion, but uh, I think regarding Probe, it's not really the problem card. You know, if it was a problem card, more than two decks in the meta would be playing it. Like, there's a reason Sneak and Show doesn't play the card, and Ramator doesn't play the card, and Rug Delver doesn't play the card, and and historically those decks haven't. And it's because Info, I think, is a little overrated. It, it sucks to get probed, and it's unfun. But I think yeah. that the deck it really does hurt is Storm, and I think that would be a mistake because Storm isn't going around taking down tournaments. It has barely any GP top eights or large event success in the last two years. You know, so um, I, I think it would. Personally, I think it would be a mistake. Uh, if that was to happen, I've talked to a lot of other Storm players, and I think you start off by axing your therapies, which 
it's kind of a controversial thing, but I think that people that people that think they're good with therapy are worse than they really think they are. Someone who basically <laughs> always has knowledge of their opponent's hand with Cataxium Pro, Duress, and Therapy, the, the cost of missing with a therapy when you're playing a combo deck is just so big. If you name Forceful and they have a Fluster Storm, the game's just over. You lost. Almost always. Um, and so what I would do is probably add two more Preordains um, and then cut all of the therapies for Thought Seizes and add another Duress. So you'd be going up to eight discard spells to make up for not being able to two for one as often. And I also think you do need to play Empty the Warren's Main because Probe does help you get to the Storm, 10 Storm required for Tendrils of Agony. And some people like Empty Main anyways. It's powerful against the Hate Bear decks and against uh, Delver of Secrets. I just think it's not necessary when there's no Grave Hate Game 1. I was, I've seen Thoughtseize come in and out as, a, as an option. And when we were talking on the pre-show we were getting set up, you were saying that like Thoughtseize is kind of like hard you want to be playing, but it's hard on your life total with Probe. Um, is, what, would, what would have to change about the meta for you to just say, like, I got to put Thoughtseize in my deck with Probe? Um, if there is a lot of reanimator and death and taxes and control decks. So it, it's weird because it's nice against these kind of like bug decks that have a bunch of random stuff post-board. Like, be like, oh, well, I don't know if I need to name him to Turok or Leobold here, but I really can't beat either of those cards. So Thoughtseize is really powerful in that situation. Where Therapy really excels is taking two Force of Wills, and that's why you want it in your deck. Um, I have played one to two Thoughtseize before. I think my main issue with it right now is it's not very good against Delver of Secrets based strategies. And if you're right. having a card that's not good against you know, 15, 20% of the meta, I don't think you should be playing it. Uh, I have flirted with one in my sideboard, though. I'd mess around with it. It's, um, it's also good against Death and Taxes and Reanimator because you can't really afford to spend a turn therapying your opponent or any Chalice deck. And if, if you miss, you just lost all that tempo, and it, it usually doesn't work out. So Thoughtseize lets you take Thalia or Canonist or Thorn or Chalice or Exhum or Reanimate, you know, so. We're going to talk about Thought Therapy a little bit more in a minute, but I was say I was playing that the pre-modern format with a Therapy deck, and I like had to blind, my only play on the, the first turn of the first game was a blind Therapy. And I realized that, like, I wasn't even sure what was legal in the format <laughs> as, I, as it was on the stack. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, can, really I, can I name Brainstorm here? <laughs> huh? You're like, can I name Brainstorm here? Is that one? <laughs> Brainstorm is actually not legal. But I, yeah. I was like, he went basic planes, and I was like, all right, my turn one plays as therapy, and I realized that, like, I had no idea what that meant. Like, could have anything. Yeah, I mean, but, like, yeah. what do you even, like, knowing that your opponent's playing basic planes... Like, the first thing I would think that would be in his deck would be Savannah Lions, and if he didn't drop a Savannah Lions on turn one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. My, my well, thought, if, my, if my opponent led on basic planes and didn't have a turn one play, my thought would be that the game is probably over. Interesting. I, um, well, like, I mean, of course, in, in Contemporary Legacy, to bring it back to the day, I think against basic planes in that situation, just named Thalia, um, which is the one thing I would say for, for therapy, right, is that you can hit creatures with it, which come and go at this point. Duress is yeah. just Duress. I found to be very strong on, you know, against what's going on right now though, because even like the most hateful decks are non-creature spells with all the chalices and blood moons and stuff. You gotta yeah. I, I find Duress to be powerful. Um, therapy does have this. People kind of joke about like, oh, why would you play Therapy? You can never flash it back, and it actually is very relevant because it lets you make goblins with Empty the Warrens and flash it back to take a sweeper. Yeah. And also yep. kind of virtually mind twist your opponent. Also, I play the one Xanath Swarm in the sideboard and. Uh, Kind of the hidden text on that card is if your opponent has left in removal for your one creature, you know, okay, whatever, they're down a bunch of cards. But it flashes back to therapy, so it still acts as an extra discard spell regardless of if they have the removal or not. How do you feel about the green splash? I mean, not, I shouldn't say that. Like, what do you like about the green splash? I mean, right now I see in your deck, uh, again, we're looking at his most recent uh, 5-0 here from 6-2. Uh, you've got two ground seal, two abrupt decay, one xanted swarm. Um, is the one xanted swarm, is that really worth the slot? Have you found that just having that? 
Yeah, so um, something about me is I'm not actually a great deck builder. I do like to mess around with building lists, but this is actually, a, there's like a core group of Storm players on Moto. It's uh, Monkeys Can't Cry, Control for Days, uh, Rodrigo and I. And this is yeah. Rodrigo's list originally, and so I actually just am playing his exact 75. Um, and we work on the list together, but uh, I like the Green Splash a lot because I think it helps you grind out the Snapcaster Mage decks. And that's something uh -huh. that's a little harder without Sensei's Divining Top in your deck, is that it can be hard to beat discard and stuff. But what Ground Seal does is it's not really for just Death Raid decks. Like, you would never bring it in against a Wasteland deck, for example. But it is good because it turns off Snapcaster Mage. Uh, and then I like Abrupt Decay because it just kills everything. Like, it, it just sucks to lose to a Counterbalance or an Ethersworn Cannon or something you didn't expect. It's just, I think, a really powerful catch-all and the best Storm Cyborg card ever printed. Like, I think, I joke with my friends, your Cyborg could be four Abrupt Decays and 11 Basic Islands, and I would feel confident going into a tournament with that, uh, basically. Yeah, right. I mean, that's how uh, I feel about very... Echoing Truth, on, honestly. Like, Echoing Truth is sort of the catch-all a lot of times, and you're running both. Yeah, so I actually used to play Hercules Recall in that slot, but something we talked about is that that mono-red prison deck started playing uh, Scab Clan Berserker, and if you're not familiar with that card, it's a one red-red, 2-2 uh, two -two renowned creature with haste. And so what happens is when it deals uh -huh. combat damage to a player, yeah. it becomes an <laughs> Eidolon. So right. it feels really bad to lose the Eidolon to Great Rebels when you have um, Hercules Recall in hand. Uh, it is nice that the Abrupt Decay really is for uh, Miracles, though. And uh, when Top first got banned, a lot of people were on Grixis. I just think, as far as your mana base goes, it's basically free to play one Tropical Island. Like, I don't actually think that the extra basic matters a lot or the extra fetch matters a lot. And I think it's uh -huh. pretty free to be playing green in the deck. And I think that it gives you powerful enough options. And as of the one Xanus Swarm, I do like exactly one because um, it's the kind of thing where it's like if your opponent wants to leave in Source of Plowshares for one card, okay, they have dead cards and this flashes back to therapy anyways. Yeah. And uh -huh. its upside is just so high. Like, it... it it just wins you the game if it's if it's impactful against Sneak and Show or Miracles, which are the only decks I really bring it in against are Gristlebrand decks and Miracles. How do you board for Reanimator? Uh, how I board for Reanimator is I bring in Chain of Vapor, uh, Fluster Storm, Surgical Extraction, and Ground Seal. And the reason for that is that a lot of their hands just make a chance to the NX, an Iona, or a Sire of Insanity, and Chain mm -hmm. of Vapor gets you out of those jams. Uh, Fluster right. Storm is obvious, they're a combo deck. Uh, Surgical Extraction, obvious, they're a graveyard-based combo deck. Uh, and then Ground Seal is nice because although it is in the deck for the Snapcaster Mage decks, it really does help against Reanimator because it's just it's something they kind of have to thought seize or dress if they or th Cobalt Therapy whatever they play, you know. Yeah. Um, it's something they have to take basically. Or they lose the game even if it's a clunky spell. So I would prefer to be playing Surgical Extraction or Tormod Script. But as far as a card that's also good against the Fair decks, it's powerful there. Uh, and then I actually board out my Cobalt Therapies as we talked about earlier. You just can't afford to miss. So if you right. miss the therapy, the game just ends. And then I brought up Preordains, because that's kind of your first cut always with Storm, is Preordain, because it's slow, and, you know, you don't really have time You've against got enough that. Like, you're digging for your answer, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I brought up the basics, because they're not pressuring your mana, and you kind of have to get a little lucky to hit your land drops anyways. Like, it's <laughs> definitely, if you want to talk about matchups, that's a, that's one of the really bad matchups for the deck, is Reanimator. I, I tend to do okay with it, but against it, but I do think a lot of Reanimator players tend to be a little newer, and they might mess up with their discard or sequencing or something, uh... But against a competent reanimator player, I feel very unfavored. Right. I mean, the last time I played Storm, I played against three reanimator decks, which is why. I, well, I shouldn't say that because the last time I played Storm was when I played Test. But like before that, the previous time I played Storm, I played against three Grizzlebrand decks in a row, just got like destroyed yeah. every time. So yeah, I was interested in, in hearing about that because like I can never decide how much bounce to bring in if I have like like you've got four pieces of bounce here. But you wouldn't bring in all four of them. I think two is correct, and that's a really delicate balance with Storm and Cyborging, is you don't want to dilute your deck too much, you know? Yeah, right. So a very common thing is if you're bringing in bounce, you need to be taking out discard, but then you're playing against Reanimator, so it's like, well, do you really want to not have duresses and against a combo deck? It doesn't, you know? So, um, 
Well, it's one of the situations that... where duress is never going to accidentally discard their guy either. Exactly. Like Thoughtseize might, you know, so. Yep. Um, so as far as, as matchups go, I think that anything fair blue or anything non-blue is pretty good, uh, with big exceptions. Uh, Chalice of the Void decks, those are close to unwinnable. You're not almost ever going to beat any Chalice of the Void deck. They just attack you on an axis you completely can't play on. Uh, you have a few answers to Chalice of the Void, but you have to rely on getting lucky, and you'll almost always lose game one. Uh, and then Reanimator, I said, like I said, is is tough. And then also, not necessarily a matchup, but a card that can be really tough is Him to Turok. You, you tend to lose most games that a Him to Turok does get resolved against you, but those decks like Check Pile and Team America don't have too many other cards. So I think some common misconceptions is that decks like Death and Taxes and Delver decks are good against Storm, and I don't, I don't really agree with that. I think that most Storm players I know are almost always beating those decks and it's it's a good reason to be playing the deck is that your deck is already built to against death and tax you're built to go faster than them playing a tape on turn two and against the discard counter magic deck your deck is designed with the two pass and flames etc the discard spells to fight against discard and counter magic and really grind someone out so so i think that th yeah you do go. you think that one of the reasons that uh they're they're good against the Delver decks. Like, do you think that's a right now thing because you're not seeing as many stifles uh, being played, or do you think that's just has always been the case? That's actually a funny thing. So I've actually played a lot of uh, Canadian Threshold, Rug Delver, Teamer Delver, uh, yeah. whatever, and uh, that that's actually one of the worst decks against Storm because your uh, axes of attack is so one sided. So you hear a lot of good Storm players talk about how to beat Storm. You need to attack like multiple axes, so counter magic, uh, mana denial. Uh, discard, hate pieces, etc. Mm -hmm. And the problem with Rug Delver is that their clock is very slow. No Mongoose is not a real threat. Tarmogoyf requires them to tap out. Like, they have to have their Delver draws. Mm -hmm. And I've almost never lost to Stifle countering a Storm Trigger. It, it's good against the fetch lands, but you're still playing two basics and Lotus Petals. You can operate off one to two lands. So um, I do think that Bug Delver, Bug Delver is the best one against um, Storm by a lot because the, the Hymn to Turnoffs are really tough. And then Grixis Delver with Therapy's main can definitely be a challenge, but... Uh, you're trying to little, go a little bit under the therapies because they usually don't start therapying you until turn three when they have the young pyromancer out. So yeah. usually you can try and erase that a little bit. I find with Rug with Rug Delver again as Rug Delver against Storm that Null Rod was like super important because of what you said about Lotus Petal. Like yep. if you can get your Null Rod online and uh, stifle their fetch lands, so they can't actually activate the mana abilities. That's like your best your best threat. But you're right about the the one angle of attack being tough. Um, in fact, but when I play non-blue decks, I usually like, okay, well, I need to have, like, hate bears and discard or something like that, right? Exactly, yeah. And the like, Storm is really, it's the, I'm a big fan of the deck because I think it's one of the best decks in the format on turn one. You can turn one to kill people, but also it's a combo deck that's getting stronger as the game goes on. Like, if you let Storm get to the critical mass over on turn 10, they're basically going to win through any amount of hate, you know? Your hand can be seven counter spells and Storm will grind through that by turn 10. So it's this weird thing where you need to just... It's kind of like I say, it's like you need to throw a wrench in the engine. You know, people, you can't really just get a free win, but cards like Himitarok or Chalice or Thalia or Killing You with Gristlebrand, <laughs> that right. throws a wrench in the engine so that you can't even assemble your combo. Because that's the thing is you're not countering one spell. You're trying to stop an entire deck. Yeah. If you haven't interacted by turn two or three, you're pretty, you're probably yeah. dead. Yeah. Grafting Escape yeah. is another really good one that Rug Delver plays. It's Grafting Escape is a lot of the, so but it could be one-sided though, because sometimes they you play the Graph Digger's Cage and they go, okay, ad nauseum. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's actually something you, you do board out ad nauseum against Delver, so that can get you. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I noticed about about your list, um, and and I I have only seen it played somewhat recently. Uh, you don't play Reign of Filth. 
Yeah, so Reyna Filth, from what I understand, was really powerful in the Miracles meta because it was a one-mana spell that would make six or seven mana a lot of the time, four or five mana. Mm -hmm. um, the thing about Ant is that you are a Pass in Flames deck. You're aiming to kill a Pass in Flames north of 60% of the time, and Reyna Filth does not interact favorably there. And also, um, you just don't really need the mana. Cabal Ritual makes it such an insane amount of mana that Reyna Filth's not necessary, I, I think. Uh, it can be powerful if you're playing multiple Dark Petitions, for example, because you can getting up to the five mana can be tougher. But uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I I play the Passing Flames in that slot. Second Passing uh, Flames. That makes sense. I I do want to talk Dark Petition, but Phil, anything you want to jump in on, or can we jump in on Dark Petition? I have a question regard. I well, one I feel like is going to be an easy answer, and the second one uh, a little a little bit more intricate. But the first one is when and why did Dark Confidant and the sideboard fall out of favor? So the problem with Dark Confidant, which is, you know, my, my favorite sideboard card that I think really isn't good enough, is that you are effectively two-for-one-ing yourself if it gets answered. Because if you think about it, you're turning a card in your opponent's hand that was not a card into a card, right? And so they went from having a six-card hand to having a seven-card hand again, and you spent the mana to do that. And then I think the, to cast Dark Confidant. And the second issue is that a lot of the time it's just worse than Night's Whisper. Like, you have to untap with it, like, three times before oftentimes it's more relevant than Ice Whisper. And that you're not trying to play a game like that. You want to win, you know, in that time frame a lot of the time. So I like to mess around with it, but it's just not impactful enough. I think if you're better suited playing Night's Whisper in that slot, which uh, which is a nice card. But, it, again, it, you can draw too many lands off your Night's Whisper and never get Hellbent for your Infernal Tutor without Lion's Eye Diamond. So that's why I'm playing Preordain instead. My uh, second question is, uh, I always have found that to me, Storm is one of the more power, one of the most powerful decks that still exists uh, without the correct. I, like I feel like it, there should be more people playing Storm than there are based on how powerful the deck is. Do you think less people play Storm because people overboard for or like bring more hate for it than they should, or do you think it's a matter of difficulty level and competency pilot, piloting the deck? I, I think it is both. I think people tend to bring too much cyborg hate for Storm because the thing about Storm is that no amount of hate is really going to totally destroy you, and people get frustrated like that because when you play against Reanimator, you, your Surgical Edge wins you the game most of the time, and people you don't get that same feeling against Storm. You're really playing almost like a control mirror if you're playing a blue deck. Um, and then I, I do think the deck is difficult to play. It's less difficult than people think. Like For example, I suck at math. I've always sucked at math, but I, I like to practice. So I mean, I have a political science degree. I'm not a, definitely not a mathematician. Uh, the deck's not as hard as people think it is. It's just... It's practice and playing tier outs and, you know, one thing is you're playing 10 cards, look at your opponent's hand. Like Magic, we talked about Probe earlier, but Magic really is a lot easier when you know your opponent's hand. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, turn also, yeah, you can also kill in turn one. Like how hard can a deck be that just kills on turn one? Like you don't have to make very many decisions yeah. when your opponent doesn't get to draw a card. I mean, I don't play Storm a lot in uh, Legacy, but in Modern, I definitely noticed like uh, you're just just playing the deck a little bit like. The, the lines that other people don't see are basically because they don't play the deck enough. And once you get practice with, with any deck, you're going to be that much better. Like, you're just going to know a lot more than, than what your opponent knows. And it's one of the great reasons to uh, learn to play other decks uh, so that you can be better against them. I agree. And, and Storm actually really helps you learn other decks, too, because the ways look at your opponent's hand. Like, I, I feel like I can, at least on an average level, play most of their decks because you know how people, what kind of hands people keep, how they sequence, things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, which I definitely helpful. think, yeah, I definitely think that when I started playing Storm, I became like a much better player, even though I wasn't great at Storm necessarily. But like you just like you start to like look at a hand and like see all the lines because that's how you have to play Storm. Like when you draw your seven, it's like, OK, what does this hand do? 
Um, Brian's site, I love the matchup mulligans he does on on the test site for that for that reason. You know, it just makes you like a much more well-rounded player. The, in fact, one of the worst things is when you're playing against Storm and you have something like Thoughtseize or Probe, and you look at their hand and you're like, "Fuck!" But it even yeah, happens to me sometimes. So. <laughs> you're like. Damn it! Like, don't say something out loud because maybe they don't see it. <laughs> you know? It's one of the most frustrating decks I've ever played against. That's one thing. Whenever I play a fair blue deck, I play against Storm, and I'm like, man, I had everything, and I still lost. This is stupid. I don't. <laughs> Why I should just be doing the sweet stuff, not trying to stop them. Yeah, we forgot uh, to mention Carpet of Flowers in the green, but I think I told you the Channel Fireball event. Like, I had this Fluster Storm was like the only thing I could have in my hand to do anything, and then my opponent had double Carpet against like five lands in play, <laughs> so he just like yeah. could have like so, answered my Fluster Storm immediately. <laughs> The so Carpet of Flowers is, is really interesting and a card that I've kind of tested that I, I don't think is great right now. And the reason being that the decks you want it against, card parity really matters, if that makes sense. And that's one thing nice about Ground Seal is it cantrips. Yeah, um, right. And the thing is, you're going down a card to make mana, and oftentimes mana is not going to be the bottleneck because it's going to be working through their counter magic is the bottleneck or recovering from discard is the bottleneck against the black base decks because everyone's playing Deathrite Shaman. So no one is playing Spell Pierce or Stifle or Spell Snare in the same way, you know. So it was a great card against Red Delver, because you just start making three mana turn. Uh, yeah. And if they want to play out their lands, be able to hold up enough counter spells, you just make more mana. Yeah. But the problem with like Grixis <laughs> Delver is they can just play an Underground Sea and never play another land. So you go fetch Tropical Island, play Carpet of Flowers, they Wasteland you, and you're still at mana parity and you're down a card. So that's my issue with it. Also, it does have the thing where against Leovold, it would draw them a card every turn because it does target whether you want it or not once a turn. So um, oh, yeah, that is and... definitely an issue. And then against, but against Miracles and Checkpile, card parity is a little too important. Uh, and mana is often not the bottleneck. Like you're boarding out your Cabal Rituals and Lions and Lotus Petals to a certain degree because you're trying to just have business to keep jamming. Yeah, I, I like it against Miracles just because I feel like with all the back to basics, you might need to, you might accidentally get stuck on like just duels and you might just need mana. Yeah, um, that, yeah I like it there. That's actually funny. It's the only match I board out Misty Rainforest because I'm always so afraid of back to basics that I'm like, okay, I need to have all my actual lands to tap for mana, but I also don't want 15 lands in my deck. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, we're going to talk Dark Petition. So how do you feel about Dark Petition? I could, I, it's a cool card for sure, but you know, um, I always kind of feel like I just wanted it to be more Pass in Flames, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it's a really powerful spell. Uh, like, I know a really good Moto player, Surfenberg19, is like always crushing on Moto with Storm, Magic, Magic Online with Storm, and uh, he's a big fan of two Dark Petitions. Um, that's kind of the flex slot is that Pass in Flames. That could be another discard spell or a Reign of Filth or another Cantrip or a Chrome Mox or a Dark Petition, Empty the Warrens, etc. Uh, my problem with Dark Petition is it, it's good. You use it a lot to find Cabal Ritual or LED, and that's what's nice about it. It's almost like a split card that says half the time it wins you the game as a tutor, half the time it finds you the card to get Hellbent for Infernal Tutor or finds you more yeah. mana. Yeah. Uh, five is a lot, though. That's a lot of mana, five mana up front. Uh, if there's a lot of Spell Pierces in the meta or Dazes or Fluster Storms, you're basically never going to resolve it through one of those. Uh, and it can be clunky with Spell Mastery. You can't have it against Layla in the Void. Deathrite Shaman can take you up Spell Mastery. Even Surgical Extraction can. So I think one is the right number for that card. I, I, I even sometimes hesitate to play one. I sometimes want that to be like an Empty the Warrens or something. Um, but I think it's powerful enough to play one of them. Yeah, it's definitely it's powerful when it works, right? Yeah. Speaking of powerful when it works, I'm gonna I'm sorry to to play gotcha a little bit, but you we were talking before the, the cast course. You were like, ad nauseum's a bad card. What would yeah. it take for you to get ad nauseum out of the deck? I mean, you still you're obviously we're still playing it. We're still calling this deck ad nauseum. A deck name change, right? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I sometimes don't play it at all. My 75, I sometimes play it at my sideboard uh, until they ban Chalice of the Void and Gristlebrand. You're never gonna be able to not play that card. You just need it. 
yeah. it gets you out of spots that nowhere else. Like I've cast ad nauseum from one life and won the game. You know, obviously got lucky, flipped some lotus petals, but uh, it's the only card that can win you some games. And it's also uh, sometimes you don't have red mana, so that's one issue. Is if you don't have a red source, you can't pass in flames. So yeah. I think it's necessary to have in the deck. Uh, it's really kind of a last ditch effort. You're wanting to pass in flames almost always, and if you want to be casting ad nauseum, you should be playing test probably, which is a really good ad nauseum deck. Which is kind of funny about the names is. Ant is the uh, Pass in Flames deck, and Tess is the Ad Nauseum deck. There are people who love Ad Nauseum, and, like, I'll be playing on, like I said, like, look at their hand, and be like, okay, well, I'm dead when they get, like, Pass in Flames here, and it's that they get Ad Nauseum and, like, like lose 15 life and pass a turn. <laughs> like, people just love Ad Nauseum, you know? Yeah, I think that what makes Storm a really powerful combo deck is that, and Adam Prozac had an article about this a long time ago for Star City Games, is that... It's one of the only combo decks that you don't need to pass the turn when you execute your combo, you know? Like, even reanimators, you can show you have to pass the turn. Elves, you have to go through, like, the attack step or you things like that. So it's yeah. it's nice because Tendrils of Agony is, like, the cleanest win condition in Legacy. You know, nothing really stops it, uh, barring, like, a Leyline of Sanctity. Uh, and the problem with Ad Nauseam is you're taking this deck that, you know, it is fairly difficult to play, not as difficult as people think, and rewards practice, and you're basically just turning the game over to variance. And, you know, I... I'm not a fan of that because I would rather have the clean pass in flames loop. And that's the same problem I have with Empty the Warrens is you're like, okay, well, I hope you don't top deck a sweeper. Yeah, very nice. often the first cut, too, as we were talking about cuts for the sideboard, like, you know, against your fair blue decks, right? Like, yep. it's any deck that's not decks. playing, any any deck that's trying to deal damage to you, basically, with creatures, you should not have that nice in your deck. I've never right. have it against Grixis Delver, for example. Uh, because you want to have a speed option in your deck and Empty the Warrens is, if, if, if the deck can't beat Empty the Warrens, you want to add nausea, or you want Empty in your deck. So Delver can never really beat Empty for like, 10 so right yeah exactly because they might not even draw enough mana to yeah. cast their sweeper whatever it might be whether it's uh yeah, yeah. um cool anything i want to i want to talk about cabal therapy but you know any, anything else you want to say about storm right now anything you wanted to uh throw out to the people listening about what you know what you like particularly about the deck right now uh i think once you play storm it's really hard to go back i have a friend uh martin vonisek 42 ad who said you know like it's not always the best deck for the meta, but do you really have another choice? And so I think the deck's okay right now. I think there's a reason we're not seeing it do well at any large events, really. And I think there's a reason it's not that popular. I think it's it's less good than a lot of people think it is. But and it's just really sweet casting Tendrils of Agony. So I recommend anyone try it out. And it's hard to go back. It's hard for me. I own Delver and played it a lot, but you know, yeah. Why would you want to be attacking with Delver Secrets when you can win on turn one with Tendrils of Agony? I have one more question. Yeah. What are the so we were talking before about how all those a lot of people bring too much hate for storm because of those frustrating incidents that you talked about what are the actual cards that you legitimately don't want to see somebody board in like what are the, of all of all of the cards that people try against you what are the ones that are actually effective uh di discard is really effective um and it definitely, like we said, like Null Rod, Graph Digger's Cage. Like, I've talked to an Infect player that didn't board in Graph Digger's Cage because they're like, well, you just add Nauseam. And I think, I think that's a mistake. You know, it's, you really want to... I think you can think about Storm, and it's hard to have specific cards for this reason, but you can think about Storm as a deck with three paths to victory, really. It's Ad Nauseam, Tutor Chaining, and uh, Passing Flames. And if you can shut off two of those three paths, you bottleneck them into one, and then your counter magic becomes effective. If I can't add Nauseam and I can't Tutor Chain, I have to pass in Flames, and then your Surgical gets live. You know, and like that, so... Uh, I think that mistakes people make is a little easier to say. Like, I see a lot of Delver players have a Lightning Bolt in their deck against me, and I don't know when this notion of Lava Spike being playable versus a combo deck, de combo deck became common, but <laughs> I would I would never have Lava Spike in my deck against Storm. Uh, people board out Wastelands against Storm because you play basic lands. I also think that's crazy. Your deck trying to make a lot of mana, you oftentimes just lose to a Wasteland. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds crazy. 
who bored out mean, Wasteland. <laughs> well-known Delver players, like a lot of well-known Delver players, bored out Days and Wasteland against Storm, and I personally I, don't agree with that. I definitely disagree with that. Yeah, that's that's you. you sometimes you just need the the Wasteland yourself for mana. <laughs> You're yep. playing so few lands in in your Delver deck to begin with as well. Um, what what do you think your uh? Like your the matchups that you uh, the, your opponent plays plays his first land, you're like, oh no, it could be this deck. What do you think that's the, like the, your worst matchups are? Ancient Tomb. Ancient Tomb. I was gonna say Ancient would, Tomb hits the table. You're like, god damn it. I, I almost want to scoop almost every time. It's the game's probably over. Uh, Ancient Tomb uh, used to be Bloodstained Mire, Bloodstained Mire Badlands. That's never a good sign. When they go Bloodstained Mire into Badlands, I think I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really those two. Uh, if my opponent plays Basic Forest, I usually feel pretty good but uh ancient tomb is the really scary one how do you feel yeah. about uh your infect matchup uh i think the matchup is fairly strong uh i think it's a weird matchup because storm is kind of the control deck of the matchup so how i board is i boarded the fatal pushes and fluster storms and the xanad swarm mm -hmm. and how you play the matchup is that i think fatal push is a pretty big game changer as i think a lot of infect players know uh and it's you use their pushes on their creatures you use their discard on their counter magic and you use their fluster your flusters on their pump yeah uh, it's not really a popular deck anymore. I've played it probably ten times since Top got banned. So yeah, I since ever since uh, a Rug Delver fell out of favor, I've pretty much been on on Infect myself, and I I find that it's the most competitive deck that I can build against against uh, unfair decks, based yep. on its speed, but um it, obviously not a super huge like tempo counter magic deck, uh unless you really need it to be. I, I do think that what's scary about that deck is it can turn to kill with counter magic backup. Yeah. Uh, but that's one thing about Storm is that discard always trumps counter magic in a combo mirror because I can discard your combo pieces or your counter magic and you only can use your counter magic for specific things. Also, the deck only plays like three Force of Wills, which I think is a, is a pretty big issue. You know, it's not... It plays like Force of Will and Days, which are not great. And then it plays like the Spell Pierces. So it's it's lower in counter magic than I think a lot of people would think when thinking about the deck here first. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely... It's a close matchup, though. I think a good Infect player will will... Speaking about 50-50. Well, yeah, because they can beat they can beat you on turn two, right? And yeah. also, if they're I always like the white splash and infect because I like playing rest in peace, and it's a cool rest yeah. in peace deck, and yeah. that would have the same effect as Graft Digger's Cage, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, even worse because it turns off Dark Petition and Cabal Ritual. Yeah, it's right. yeah, rest in peace. Oh yeah, rest in peace is one of the best cards. I do think it's a mistake if you're playing a Snapcaster Mage deck to bring a rest in peace though. I see a lot of Miracles players doing that. Uh, Snapcaster Mage is a really good way to beat this deck because only your Cabal Therapies can take the snap, and you still have to pass the turn if they have Snap Cluster. So uh, that's what, one of the reason the Ground Seals are in the sideboard. Right. Um, let's talk about Cabal Therapy, and like, Therapy is such an interesting card to talk about just in general because of all the um, the decisions that it in, it implies and everything like that. And Phil and I have played it a lot in the Esper Mentor deck. Um, and obviously you played it in Storm, and I played a lot of Nick Fate decks. So let's just, like, we've got a pretty, I would say, solidified metagame right now. So let's start with you, Cyrus. If you're if you're blind therapying, what are you what are you naming? Like, are uh, you... Yeah, go on. I, I think that's the mistake that people make. And, uh, you know, it's, it's therapy in Storm is a lot different than a lot of other decks. And uh, uh -huh. I played a lot of Greg Stelver and Dredge, for example. And uh, therapy is totally different in Storm because... You're not naming the card you think they have. You're naming the card that beats you. So like, I think a mistake a lot of Storm players make is they like Therapy Brainstorm and their opponent just has Force Will or draws it and they lose the game. So I I, I think that you really want to be really patient with your discard and you want to save it until the turn you're going to try and kill your opponent. Uh, and then the number one name is going to be Force of Will followed by probably Fluster Storm or Snapcaster Mage. Uh, if your opponent leaves on basic planes, you probably want to Therapy Thalia. But I think that Storm is not a deck that's trying to win through card advantage. You're trying to win through 
you know, making your, your opponent already has so many dead cards against you, you don't need to two for one them. Uh, so therapy should be saved a lot of the time. And I would advise against blind therapy on the play, unless That's you have a turn two kill. Right. Right. And that may be like an interesting, I guess I should have gone into that. Like, do you recommend blind therapy ever? Because it is one of those interesting questions that with this, with, I think storm specifically, like you said, for that reason, because you don't know what they're on yet. But on the other hand, like, you know, is it ever worth it? Just be like, well, this hand is really cold to chalice. So maybe I'll just therapy that therapy chalice right now. <laughs> yeah. Then you, then you lose. <laughs> it's, the, the problem is if they have the force will and you, and you don't hit it, you just kind of lose. I mean, six discard spells isn't a ton. So you, yeah. also, uh, if you take someone's force will before you're ready to kill them, it lets them cantrip and stuff. One of the powerful things about storm is your opponent can never cast their brainstorms and bonders because they're holding them for force of will, for example, yeah. or maybe they don't know to cantrip for more counter magic. They think they're safe with the one force of will, which is, Sometimes the case, definitely. So um, I, I would say I think it should be a prerequisite for your combo turn with Ant to have a, have a discard spell. You should not be passing the turn after a discard spell very often, unless your opponent has a handful of counter magic. Cabal Ritual makes so much mana, it's, you should be okay. Bill, how do you feel about blind therapy? Do you do you try not to do it? Or do uh, you always just want to use your mana in like a math, in the Mentor deck? Well, Mentors, I, I fully agree with Cyrus on this one. I think the, the Mentor deck, the, the play patterns of Mentor versus the play patterns of Storm are obviously different. But I will, if I, I, I have very rarely, if ever, blind uh, called without like knowing anything about their deck. Um, like there have been instances where I'm like, oh, if I do this, then I can... Uh, play a Strix on two and then have a second discard spell and then that's fine um but the way it usually goes is it's also similar to you you do it to beat the card that beats you because what will happen is uh when you have a mentor like mentor is just such an absurdly powerful card that if it sticks and you get a turn with it uh the game usually just ends and the best sequences are always when you have when you cast mentor with a creature already on the table, whether it's a death rite or a strix, and then a cabal therapy in your yard, um, to just be able to go mentor, cast the cabal therapy, steal whatever their thing is that's going to stop you from just killing them with the mentor, and then having the token already made is just really good. So um, I have blind named way more often than I thought when I started playing the deck. And I think you are usually, I wouldn't say that you're playing it more so where you're going to be, do the thing that beats you or do the thing that beats them. Um, I think it's way more flexible. I think Cabal Therapy is way more flexible in the deck where you can choose to play the control or the aggro role based on the matchup. And I feel like Storm is usually the aggressor. Am I wrong with that, Cyrus? Uh, you definitely tend to be the aggressor game one, and I think po post board you turn into more of a control deck with removal and, and stuff. Uh, that, that's one thing you mentioned about the mentor though, is that Storm has no way to flashback Cabal Therapy game one, so it's not powerful for that reason. It's, it's really in your deck to take two Force of Wills, uh, yeah. or take Snapcaster Mage or something, or take two Spell Snares, Pierces, whatever. So it's like because you can't flash it back, you, you can't really afford to miss game one. That was, so is another thing. Like in Nick Fit, you can name Brainstorm or Force of Will, I imagine, because you're planning on flashing it back on turn two, and you want to hit the second one. Uh, but for Storm, right. you're never flashing it back, so it needs to hit when it hits. Yeah. It needs to be impactful. I was going to say that that's like it's interesting because I'm a big blind therapy guy, but I've done it a lot of times in Veteran Explorer decks where you really just want the you, you really just want to like, see the what they time. have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because sometimes I'll be like, well, the card that really beats me here is Swords to Plowshares because if they Swords your uh, Veteran Explorer, um, you know, you can't get the trigger. Or yeah. something like that, like or swords of thing that they're gonna cast. Like it's it's interesting how that works. Sword swords uh, your siege rhinos. 
Yeah, right. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Then you just gain a bunch of life. No, uh, but uh, for, for the I personally feel like the the strongest thing to be doing in Legacy, regardless of the deck, is probe therapy. Um, just being able to two for one people on one to zero mana is insane. Um, but I also think that uh, knowing like Cabal therapy also requires you to know the play patterns of other decks. So. Uh, a lot like what Cyrus was saying before, but with um, like an example, my favorite example of like blind naming is I was playing against Burn, and I know that a Burn player can't keep a, a, an opening seven without a threat, like a, a like a creature threat. And so one time an opponent went Mountain Go, and I was like, "There's no way he do- he didn't keep a threat." So I blind named Cabal Therapy and said Eidolon and caught two of them. Yeah. Right, that's um, usually and- good. Yeah. But it's like that's I only... one I name a lot of storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But it's like I only knew to do that because I under I knew that from just understanding from talking to people that play the deck. They're like, yeah, you just can't keep a hand without a creature threat. You need to do that. And so that's one thing nice about storm is with the they also have the duresses and the probes is you usually do know what your opponent's play patterns and stuff are. So the more you play, the more you understand what to what to blind name. I, I do think people are worse with therapy than they think they are for what it's worth. Uh, I don't even know that I would play therapy if Catastrophe Probe got banned. Like I I've cast a lot of therapies and. I, I'm. I think the risk of missing with that card is too high in Storm because you can't flash it back. So I would probably yeah. just play Thought Seize, like I said. One of the right, and one of the interesting things about that. Well, oh, I'm gonna ask this question first. Yeah, are you are you more likely to blind name game two if you're on the you know no matter what's going on? I guess like you could often win game one right as Storm, but are you likelier to name or blind name in game two once you know what's in their deck and can maybe sort of infer like Phil was talking about in Burn if they play Mountain Go and they don't do anything like. You put, you name Eidolon and then like you know sign the match slip right, but like yep. you know there are other times like you know even something like uh, playing if they, you played against Miracles and they you know had like uh, Flooded Strand go or something like that where they didn't cast a Ponder or a uh, Portent on ga- on turn one you know maybe you say like oh they could be setting up for Counterbalance or something. Yeah, that, you definitely do that. You, there's a lot or of really impactful. Even. Yeah, there's a lot of really impactful two drops, and you have to say like it's the kind of thing where it's like Counterbalance doesn't always beat you if you have an abrupt decay. But a lot of times, I will be blind therapying game two, Chalice of the Void, him uh, to Turok, um, Thalia Guardian Thraben, Idol on the Great Rebels, things like that. Like the really impact Counterbalance, the really impactful two drops. I also tend to therapy Stepcaster Mage a lot before it can come online because that can be a real problem because. Uh, I like to save my discard spells, and Snapcaster Mage doesn't let you save your spells because yeah. you cast Therapy, they cast Snapcaster Mage, target their Fluster Storm, and you just have to pass, which can be an issue if you're dead on board. And the, my question I was starting before I, I jumped to the other question was just the, the fact that we don't see a lot of, like, I know this sounds weird to say, but, like, a Jun-style, like, actual Thoughtseize deck. Like, you can actually do a lot in Storm by just, like, okay, even if I have Probe Therapy on turn one, I can Probe, and then I can use a cantrip to set up my next two turns or whatever. And then I can still have the therapy with perfect information the next turn and possibly just win, right? Because there's not a lot of risk of someone coming back at you with a similar spell, right? Yep, it's funny how I... that, that dynamic has worked. Because no one no one against probe and then, you know, fetch C ponder. Yeah, people always tell me. Therapy. They'll be like they'll be like they'll be like 
like I'll put a lot of times a storm page or a storm hand will be on like a Facebook page and people will be like, oh, is this a keep? And people are like, no, that just loses to a thought season. I'm like, when's the last time you got thought season legacy? It hasn't happened to me yeah. a long time, really. Well, you know? But thought season is a great card, and it's one of those cards that you know sort of bring it back to what we were talking about before. It's like it isn't played against like against storm. Thought season is great, but yep. like no one plays it. Yeah, sometimes it's not like a popular one. card right now. Life loss is relevant against Delver. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, there's not so much Esper Blade going around or things like that, or you know, Jund. Yeah, I mean, I guess like check pile will probably that's one of their things that's in their you know box of misery yeah. in their pile. Like one. box of it's misery. Like, yeah, it's just like yeah, <laughs> box of like you know whatever cards they want to play that day, and then it's like a basically like a Highlander deck. <laughs> sometimes you get Rise Fold, sometimes you get Thought Seize, sometimes you get, you get Rise Fold. That is true. <laughs> well. um... We've hit about an hour here, so I just wanted to give you guys a chance to wrap it up. Any final questions for our guest, Cyrus Corman Gill of the Bay Area? Congratulations on graduating college this year, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm stoked. I did it in four years, which was which was nice. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I have no other no other questions uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, you were super informative. Uh, Are you, you know, pro it, it, or against storm puns? <laughs> I'm very pro puns. Oh, how do you feel about uh, splitting in the top eight? Oh, never split. No, no splits kill them all. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, really, thanks, Cyrus, for coming on. I uh, really appreciate thanks, it. Zach, um, send it out. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's it. Uh, it like, like I said, yeah, you're super informative. And, and one of the things uh, we don't uh, do often enough on on this cast is actually talk combo decks. So, so I really appreciate you showing up. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And... Uh... I do want to give, just like, say, you know, I'm not, not a great Storm player, but I'm lucky to have great Storm community, so I've had a lot of really good Storm players that have taught me how to play the deck in the last year, and then also if anyone wants, I'm going to plug my stream if anyone wants to oh, yeah, that's right. come and hang out. I, I do stream at twitch.tv slash CyrusCG, so, uh, yeah, you can come watch me punt and help me count to 10. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll have that in the show notes as well. Uh, we'll, ha- we'll have your... Uh, your last list uh, from your last five O in the show notes too, uh, and uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, that does it for us th- this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week, yeah. everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's never good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's never good. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldirtles, and they'll hook you up with a free book, and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.